0: Well, I'd say Clay Day was a success, Dieter. Just a little bit, Cyrus. You know, just possibly. It was only one of the greatest moments in recent Warriors history. But uh, Dieter Kernbach and I are going to break that down, and so much more. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Dieter, I don't know if you saw any of last night's coverage. I decided to do a a live stream. Um, I I, I tapped into the post-game press conferences. Clay came on too late. Couldn't stay for that, but we got (laughs) Steph. We got uh, uh, Kevon Looney was kind of a random one, even though he had a big night, and he's one of your Mm -hmm. favorites, uh, Mm -hmm. Steve Kirk. Anyways, uh, you are there, I believe, at Chase Center. Give us the – break it down, man. I mean, it's one thing to watch it on TV, but what was
1: (laughs) it like being there? And give us the whole shebang. It was something, man. Uh, I'm not an emotional or sentimental person, uh, and certainly uh, there was a level of general skepticism. That I had just sort of towards the the you know sort of the lovey dovey wishy washy stuff. Uh, understanding a hundred percent that the you know the love that Clay has from this fan base from any human who's ever interacted with them, um, the quality of player and, and person that he is, and, and certainly you know the, the challenges and tribulations that he's been through over the last two and a half years. I understood all of that. It, it did feel like it was. I, I don't know. I, I had I had a lot of questions on if the moment would actually live up to the hype. Let's put it that way.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And I almost shed a thug tear, man. Like it was (laughs) like, again, like I am, I am cynical. I am disengaged. I am all, all these things. Like I was there and I was just like, this is really like you, you, I empathize so deeply with him. It felt in that moment. I mean, I, I was standing on the floor during the national Anthem. I see him, you know, kind of staring in the half distance and, you could feel the weight of it. You could feel the importance of that moment to him. And in that, you could feel everything that he had to go through to get to this moment. And uh, right. Um, the, that ovation that he got, um, maybe I don't know. I mean, it, it was wild. It was really loud. It was really loud. Um, I'd like to think that it could have lasted a little bit longer, but at last it was pretty, I, I would have delayed opening tip tick by, tick by 10 minutes. You know how you hear like the <laughs> Cannes film festival, how they yes. give a standing ovation for like 17 minutes or something. I've which, heard that. Yeah. Yes. I wanted that for Clay Thompson, but <laughs> uh, you know, we got a couple of minutes of really strong emphatic roars and the crowd was just waited with waiting with bated breath. Anytime he touched the ball, And the whole building was absolutely rocking when he had that dunk. Um, The first play was awesome and more of a sigh of relief than anything. But that dunk was just this emphatic, hell yeah, from everybody in the crowd, from everybody on the bench, from Clay Thompson himself. Like there was the trepidation that sort of goes into – Know, bringing back this once injured player and you hoping, oh man, hope nothing happens. hope nothing happens. hope nothing happens. As soon as Clay did that, you're like, oh great he's a superhuman again and we can we can fully release and um, I think it released clay a little bit too. he, he was yes. kind of scuffling before that dunk and, and after that he goes on his own little run and he was he was fine. he was just fine. I don't want to say it was a spectacular performance from him. the dunk was right. awesome. He was, he was just fine. I mean, minus two in the game. Defensively, it was a struggle early. You'd expect that with the rust. I thought that, you know, physically he, he moved really well laterally. I thought that, obviously, he had the ups. He, he was doing step backs off of a dribble. Like, you would never know that he had been out for two and a half years other than he was rushing shots, other than he was kind of, you know, having brain farts on defense early. Not later, but early. Mm-hmm. Um it was all in all kind of exactly what you would expect given everything that we had heard about clay Thompson leading up into this game, which is to say that the warriors got back an all-star caliber player who is going to play like that right here. And now Um, once, once all this adrenaline wears off that, that is that that should be the expectation that clay Thompson is going to look like clay Thompson, 32 years old um, from here on out. And that, takes this Warriors team from really, really good to probably great and very yeah. well could be the only team in that category when it's all said and done at the end of the regular season.
0: Yeah, I don't know how anyone defends the Splash Brothers. I don't know what kind of defense you could schematically set up to stop that if and when Clay comes back. I, I completely agree with you. Defensively, um, I, I feel like he met expectations. Like, yeah. all those little uh, uh, mistakes and fallacies that that you listed were for the norm, right? Par for the course. Yeah. But offensively, I mean, I love, dude. like seeing him uh, conduct those fadeaways. Was very like old school, right? Like it, like that's very. those are those are old school shots that I loved seeing. Yeah. Um. I the dunk, like you said, I can't imagine what it was like being there because I was jumping out of my seat at home. You know, it was. Know? Crazy. It was boring. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. And um, you know what I was saying last night, you know, and I made a guest hit on Locked On NBA. Mm-hmm. Is that seeing Clay on the court? I mean, when you when you think back to the last time we saw him on the court, right? like uh for example, uh, Anthony Davis was still with the Pelicans. Kobe Bryant was still <laughs> alive. Um we were not mired in a pandemic. When I yeah. saw him on a on the court, for me at least for at least a brief moment, I felt a sense of normalcy it, it I get felt that. like, yeah, it felt like old times and there was a strong amount of comfort in that. I was like, wow, like, thank you so much universe for this little time machine here that brought me back to a day when I feel like times were a little better. Um, And so the the nostalgia was certainly there. Um, What were your thoughts on that? I mean, thank
1: thank goodness that it it wasn't, um, we didn't have to reckon with like a lesser version of Clay Thompson. Yes. That that would have, uh, that would have been a real bummer, man, (laughs) but it's not the case. And, and yes, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see lesser versions. We'll see bad Clay at yeah. some point. Like he's not immune from slumps. Like he is a man. Um, he will go in slump. Steph Curry was in a slump for a really long time. I think he broke out of it last night. But who's yes, he say? did. Um, it is. you know, you mentioned nostalgia. That's hundred percent right. Nostalgia is that sort of twinge when you want to go back to a certain yeah. time. Like it, you ache to go back to a certain time and certainly uh i understand at this moment in time while nostalgia why nostalgia is such a big market and um yeah thompson for (laughs) basketball yeah he just throws you right back into it man and what was most interesting to me was it's like riding a bike being part of the warriors offense if you're clay thompson yes i mean he might have forced up a couple of shots we can be fair about that he was entitled to do so on, on this of all days maybe Steve Kerr will say something a couple days down the line if he pulls that crap against Milwaukee there might be a conversation <laughs> but on uh, on Clay day as it was so aptly dubbed uh yeah you're allowed you're allowed to chuck a little bit. you are Clay Thompson after all but um it is yeah it, 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 that offense looked great with him mm-hmm. in it. And the defense just added another wing, who can defend at a very high level. And his team defense will click in. I mean, I, I saw it get dramatically better as the game, you know, uh, as the game progressed. Like his team defense will become his calling card here, which where it used to be in reverse. Right? He used to be the great on-ball defender, and his team defense was a little. Eh, I mean, by great defender standards, uh, right? It will flip now because Andrew Wiggins is going to be that ace bulldog on the ball guy. Uh, You have Gary Payton the second as well. You don't need Clay to do that, which is such a blessing because now he can lock in as this great team defender. And I saw a lot of plays last night that that gave me a lot of hope that he can be a truly great team defender once again um, if he ever was one in the first place. And offensively, I mean, there's just no rust whatsoever in that regard. I mean, he just knew where to be. He knew how to work off of the screens he knew how to relocate I mean it just it it, it it was so natural to him and it's a reminder that when Steve Kerr put in this offense it wasn't just because of Steph Curry it was right. also because of Klay Thompson and it suits Klay Thompson's needs as well and over the last two and a half years we've spent a lot of time arguing about the need for you know Steph to be on the ball more and for the Warriors to change up their offense and I think that that's going to look even stupider going forward (laughs) than it did in the moment because now you understand what this offense is fully actualized. Without Klay Thompson, it's not fully actualized.
0: Yeah, Um, true. You
1: you can argue the merits of an offensive system that requires Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to work, but damned if it didn't work and damned if it didn't look beautiful for stretches last night when those two were on the floor. makes me very sad that Draymond couldn't play in that game because that – is I guess the true level of full actualization, but um, this team, this team has it. This team has what it needs. Um, and when this we, and is, this is the big acquisition.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it is absolutely. And when we come back, I do want to talk about that Draymond factor because that was a, that was a wild card at the very last minute. Um, and, and I'm hoping there's no cause for concern with that. But when we come back, we'll definitely discuss that and, and plenty more clay and plenty of what's to come for the Warriors in a very rough schedule. Uh, this week but first let's talk about bet online speaking of nostalgia speaking of comfort how about going to BetOnline.ag? do you like how i'm talking like it's it's like almost like a built bar ad it's it tastes so good it's no, it bet on,
1: only the winners uh, though
0: <laughs> that's true uh bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. That includes Clay Thompson bets. They were taking that. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON. Again, LOCKED ON is the promo code to get your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel uh draymond green last night that was it that was a surprise you know we didn't see his name yeah. on the injury report uh just suddenly out of the blue last minute uh, uh bob fitzgerald was telling the audience hey look he's gonna he's gonna uh he's in the starting lineup he's gonna play and he's gonna come out right away because of this uh what they call calf tightness mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. two things that that stuck out to me from that one is uh kudos to draymond green for sucking it up and sacrificing his stats i mean just by playing in those seven seconds all of his averages plummeted because he didn't put up anything. <laughs> right. um, so kudos to Draymond for for caring more about Clay's well, return. He, he
1: did. He did get a personal foul, to be fair. And he did. But that's you're, true. no. You're right. You're right. Though. That's, <laughs> no. No. That's. If not that doesn't tell ball, you it. what kind of a winner Draymond is, right? Like, like, yeah, is Draymond Green ever once thought about you know where his stats are? Like, no. No. He, he wanted to be part of that moment. It was a awesome moment. It was necessary that he was part of it. And um, yeah, uh, that's a great call, though. That's a great call. Yeah, the and, and, and no, you're this. right.
0: Yeah, and you're right. He's never really cared about the stats, and and that's what makes him such a unique player. Like when you judge him, and when we go back after he's retired, uh, the way we judge him is not how we we judge pretty much any other player. He's he's that much of an anomaly. But but what, what are you concerned about the calf tightness? Draymond to me represents toughness. He represents a player that rarely yeah. if ever misses games i don't remember him ever missing a postseason game he might have but but to the best of my <laughs> recollection some
1: suspensions in there but uh well uh,
0: <laughs> don't get me started on that but but uh, but it, i mean i guess what i'm asking is do you think this is serious like because if he's missing a clay thompson return game
1: is this something to be concerned about or do you think it's just a day-by-day random thing I, I mean, it but, happened in warm-ups um you yeah, he looked he looked like he had tightened up his calf a little bit this i think it's more precautionary than anything okay. else i think this is. That that's what the Warriors were saying last night. You heard the press conferences. That's what, you know, I heard walking around Chase Center. Like, it's just more precautionary than anything else. They don't want to make a small thing a big thing. And, yeah, day by day is probably the best way to categorize it. I know that that doesn't, you know, make anyone feel good. Uh, but it ultimately is is the case. He might wake up this morning and Theragun gun the bejesus out of it and you know, <laughs> say that it, it feels great. He might wake up and it it might you know he might not be able to walk. Um, it's the NBA. It's, it's very rigorous. And by the way, you know yeah. Draymond Green has been in there very often this season. He's got that hip thing, and now it's a calf thing. And next thing you know, it'll be you know just keeps sliding on down. Um, this is how it goes, man. When you've put on the yeah. miles that Draymond Green has put on and the Warriors are not in a position where they have to sacrifice the now or the later for now, like at all. So um, it sucks. It sucks that he wasn't out there, but they won anyway. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, it was a it was uh, a pretty impressive performance, all things considered. I mean, defensively, they were really stout. Uh, they did not have a good offensive game. Uh, they spent a lot of time worrying about Clay Thompson, though. You know, maybe. Clay doesn't re- require that level of attention because um, he just will find his shots. But, I mean, going up against you know, marketing at the three and then Mobley right. and Allen, I, I thought they were fantastic. And, and maybe my biggest takeaway from the game, if we want to remove the Clay Thompson aspect of it, is and you know where I'm going here. Like people talk all the time, and you, you and I disagree on this, like the need for a seven-footer there wasn't a seven-footer to be found on the warriors side no. of things and those seven-footers on the cavaliers who which have been pretty damn good this year they weren't really doing much were they no and and again just to be clear like i'm not advocating for a seven-footer
0: for the warriors at the closing minutes of a game it's just more for the long term i just i, I just I want someone you. in yeah and i just want someone to kind of relieve the pressure that's on the that the players like Draymond and when james yeah. wiseman comes in but uh, but I, yeah I'm, i totally hear what you're saying The Cleveland Cavaliers are a great team. I think they're what fourth or fifth right now in the standings in the East. Uh, I've talked about their, yeah, and their their size as you just mentioned with marketing of the three, and and I just love that the Warriors have a player like Juan Toscano-Anderson, who is that switchblade type player, like a Swiss Army knife type player that Draymond typically is. Um, It's just phenomenal to me. And again, you said it last week, kudos to Bob Myers for putting this roster together. So for a game like this, when Clay comes back and you're right early on, I felt like Clay was forcing those threes up Um, and then they started falling and you're just like, my God, they like, I mean, 17 minutes of, or I'm sorry, 20 minutes of play, 17 (laughs) points. That is efficiency for, for
1: (laughs) that's Thompson. We all know and love, right? Like that is play through and through.
0: It is. And and one thing I love, and I want to give this as a reassurance to Dub Nation, is the fact that even though their three stars are all in their 30s now, they don't have the mileage of what three superstars in their 30s typically have just because all these guys played college ball. Uh, mm. Clay and Steph played three years. Draymond played all four years. so They didn't come into the league as 19-year-olds and, and starting to be, add that wear and tear. I know college ball you're still playing, but it's only 30 games at the most versus or on average, including the postseason, versus the NBA. Mm -hmm. um i don't know do you agree with that like do you think that do you think i guess what i'm asking yeah
1: yeah i think there is something to that i mean take it one step further with um there is something to be said though for the injuries aspect of it right right like steph has missed significant time throughout his career missed damn near an entire season yes he Uh, did clay just lost two and a half i don't know what the calculus is i really don't know what the calculus is between the benefits of not playing time you know like like the benefits of not playing versus the detriment of having to take the injury that you know if you watch clay thompson last night you would say that he looked more fresh than injured Uh i saw that so i saw that (laughs) i saw that it's like uh, you know i i don't i don't know how to do i don't know how to do that that math on it but uh I think you're right, man. These guys have a lot of miles, and I think that that was a big reason why so many people were so quick to write this team off. Yeah, um, when they started sliding just a smidge, and maybe they were right in those first two years. But uh, <laughs> <it> was, uh, <laughs> there's also something to be said for the value of continuity and mm-hmm. the value of um, you know player based systems. In the NBA, I mean, we don't live in a very static operation. There's not a lot of company loyalty in the world, much less in the NBA these days. Uh, it's a <laughs> players' league, so it's it's very you know it's very rare to see in a players' league a bunch of players decide to stick together. There's usually yes. egos and money and you know women. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of extra stuff that gets in the way of that, and we've certainly if seen there that is. here. Um, and we've been lucky we've gotten a, a, in golden state in a lesser form than most teams get it. Most teams are, you know, shorter lived. but the, the trifecta and perhaps the quad, uh, if you include Andre Iguodala who's back this year, yeah, uh, of those four guys, like y- y- you're understanding the value. And I think that the love and admiration that we saw last night for Clay Thompson speaks to the value of continuity, um, now you know the Warriors are very lucky. They're 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 only trying to continue one of the great teams in NBA history, albeit you know, <laughs> five six years later. But um, uh, and you know three Hall of Famers, if not four. But yeah, I, I, there there might be something, and uh, who knows? I mean, this might just be one last hurrah. We got to be real about this. This this yeah. might be this might be the one last hurrah. This might be the start of uh, of a really impressive second wave. I, we don't know, but. It's fun as hell. They're good as hell, and this team is built to withstand pretty much anything. Because think about every other team in the NBA and how poorly they would have done had they been missing one of their three all-stars. They wouldn't have created another one. They wouldn't have found you know a guy who can make the mid-level exception with ease on the on his bench with the 15th man roster. They wouldn't have you know. They wouldn't have signed an Otto Porter. They wouldn't have signed to be Elitza, perhaps because they weren't attractive enough to get him in the first place. You know, Juan Toscano-Anderson wouldn't have been developed. Jordan Poole wouldn't be the player that he is today. Um, You know, Jonathan Kamingo wouldn't be a a player who is getting run. And um, I just – everything about this season to date has – been really 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 impressive and it speaks to sort of that light years ahead nonsense that we did for so long but damn it, man, <laughs> they're certainly a little bit ahead they certainly have a lead on somebody
0: yes they do and uh, and when we come back I agree with everything you just said right there when we come back uh, we're going to delve into the week ahead this is a crazy schedule that they have coming up damn. Um, and we're going to analyze that and more here on Locked On Warriors <laughs> on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thanks for making locked on warriors your first listen every day we're free and available on all platforms. So the Warriors play the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow on the road. The Grizzlies just beat the Lakers. That's not saying that much. Um but then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw those digs all day. But when uh, no, it's, it,
1: it's true they whooped their ass, man.
0: They did. And and uh and then but then they got this insane like back to back on
1: the road with the Bucks and the Bulls. Um yeah.
0: By the way, Minnesota
1: opinion, on next Sunday which is which is no cupcake either.
0: No, it's days. not. Absolutely so, so yeah. They, what what's your takeaway for these next four games? What are you seeing uh, coming out from the Warriors?
1: You better win two of them. Yeah. Um just given the way that this team is playing, I, listen, I I don't know if yesterday's win over the Cavs was was all that impressive. Uh it was a fun <laughs> day and I'm glad they won it. Uh I haven't really dove into the was it good or not aspect of things quite yet. I'm I'm looking Mm -hmm. at a team that shot 40% and 23% respectively and had 24 assists to 14 turnovers. I'm going to guess that it's not an impressive win, but again, the jury is still out. Good defense can win you a lot of games. Correct. Uh, Also bad offense from the Cleveland Cavaliers, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) 21 to 18 turnover to assist ratio there. But, uh, These this is the toughest toughest one, two, three stretch the Warriors have had to face this season. They're all on the road. They are dealing with Draymond Green's injury. They're dealing with having to rest Stephen Curry. Or I'm sorry, not Stephen Curry. The perhaps, who's to say, given his uh his thigh contusion or whatever. Um you clay Thompson's not gonna play in both of the back-to-back games. I I would presume they play him on the former as opposed to the later, but who's to say? Um uh you know, Andre Iguodala uh, could go on a sabbatical whenever he wants. That's been his, his right this season. It, there is a – let me put it to you this way. <laughs> There's a lot that can go wrong here, and I do think that this week for the Warriors now uh, – I think that judgment will be passed upon these games, whereas whatever happened before Clay came back, between Christmas and Clay coming back – you and I were in cahoots. Like it just didn't really matter that much. Like we would praise the good stuff, but we were not right. going to get down on the bad stuff. If they get rocked by Memphis, which I don't think will happen, but if they get rocked by Memphis on Tuesday, we got to come and bash them. Like a good team doesn't get rocked by Memphis. They need and here here are the here are the keys for that. Leave Clay, leave Draymond, leave Steph out of it. We need more from Wiggins, who yes, is offensively kind of pulling, especially pulling back a smidge just pulling back a smidge still really good but pulling back a smidge but my goodness anytime jordan Poole wants to to get back really in the swing of things that would be a blessing and
0: um, <laughs> yeah it's been a he was games. okay
1: he was okay he was okay against cleveland don't get me wrong um, i thought he was
0: solid actually but yeah not great but
1: but he, yeah. he
0: did what he had to do yeah
1: plus 17 14 in the game made two, three, six and 12 from the floor i like i i i'm not knocking that game but right. he's going i need a bigger jordan pool game at some point over these next four games and preferably in the first three just because while clay is back and now he's the secondary offensive option behind Steph it'd be great if pool and clay and who knows maybe even Wiggins every now and again could just have a little rapport to where they figure out who's going to be the number 2 on that given night uh it's nice to have another option no question about it but it doesn't have to be clay every night and now it just doesn't have to be pool every night, just as it didn't have to be Wiggins every night. You have right. more options, but someone's got to come through on that front, especially if Steph is, is going to miss games or if this slump, which he might have busted out of last night, who's to say if it isn't you know a one-game anomaly, if it's to continue. Um, so Memphis is a big one. Memphis is huge. Memphis sets the tone for this thing. Memphis makes it so that they can go into Milwaukee – feeling good about themselves feeling confident and that can go a long way against a Bucks team that's given them real trouble over the last I don't know seven years and um, <laughs> they have versus versus you lose to you lose to the the rock throwers from Memphis and bless them they are a very gifted team with a very idiosyncratic style of basketball. Uh, and John Morant is truly a spectacular play. Oh, yeah. Those dudes look like they want a fist fight pretty much at any <laughs> juncture of the game. And Again, I, I really enjoy watching them play. They're they're very high on my list of, of uh, favorite teams in all professional sports right now. But you lose that game. Now you're going into Milwaukee, of all places, and you feel like you need a win. I don't yeah. want the Warriors to be in that spot. I don't think it's advantageous to be in that spot. That's how a little problem becomes a big problem where you're trying to dig yourself out of it. and you, it, Just do your business. Jordan Poole needs to come through once or twice, and the Warriors are going to be A-OK. But if Jordan Poole doesn't come through, there's that middle ground there with the Warriors scoring that, that I start to get a little bit concerned about. So um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for more from Jordan Poole over the next couple.
0: I'm with you on that. You know, my uh, my my partner in crime on on the other podcast I do, Hall of Famer Rick Barry. Uh, he he emphasizes repeatedly that Jordan Poole just needs to remember he's not Stephen Curry, and, <laughs> and when he rem- when he remembers that, he does great. Yeah. Um, but when he's starting to heave thirty five footers, it's like, look, you're not yeah. Steph. Like just kinda yeah. tone it down a little bit. Um yeah, I I feel like that is one thing plaguing this Warriors team offensively the last three games now, even though they won yesterday, they didn't hit the hundred point mark. Yeah. Um and they it's stink and it's th-
1: offensively right now if we can beat them. They
0: more. do, and it's And it's mostly three point shooting. If you look at the numbers, uh, and Steph he got out of the slump yesterday, hopefully it's for good. But everyone else outside of Clay and Clay didn't have the greatest three point numbers. They weren't bad, but they weren't great.
1: Clay had the best three point shooting night of anybody. He went thirty percent. Steph
0: only went thirty-six. Right, but but no one else is hitting the three right now, and yeah. and that's that's a huge problem for them. Andrew Wiggins, who's been amazing this year, you're right. He's taken a step back slightly, like a smidge. Um, yeah. uh, 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 w- uh, Otto Porter Jr., for some reason, he's slumping a little bit from the three, and he's been doing much better normally. Uh, yeah. Jordan Poole, is, I feel like sometimes he forces things. That's the one thing I feel like maturity is needed there uh, in order for Jordan Poole to take that leap to the next step or that we hopefully see where he's going to be that twenty million dollar sixth man that – Andre Iguodala mentioned um Dylan Brooks is out which is a huge Good plus for the that is great news um for the basketball <laughs> that's true uh before Warriors fans this, that's a great that's great news because he is a pest uh, when the Warriors play the Grizzlies and then Thursday Friday is Bucks Bulls um and like i said and then sunday is the timber wolf so we'll see what happens um you can follow Dieter Curtainbach on twitter at Dieter. you can follow me on twitter at dog surf roadshow and this program on twitter at locked on dubs always a pleasure my man it really is man it's it's uh we're doing this together wednesday and then are you gonna you're doing yeah. one tomorrow or is that uh, the plan
1: yeah no sounds like good sounds like a good plan to me
0: okay <laughs> so, excellent um and thanks for making locked on warriors your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q. That's our boy, Q. That is everybody's (laughs) boy at
1: this chapter. There's no Q about
0: that. (laughs) With expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, it's free and available on all platforms. Thank you, sir. This is always fun. We'll talk soon. Later, everyone. Take it, Adam.